You only get one friend, Michelle, and her name is Berna. Plus, Kylan holds a funeral. Ed teaches martial arts. Horacio starts to assert himself. And Mariah goes on the campaign trail for James because Lord knows he ain't going to do it himself. It's the challenge. Battle for a new champion. Episode 10 recap coming up right now. What up, my fellow challenge lovers? Welcome to The Challenge Historian, where we dive deep into all things MTV's The Challenge, past, present, or future. If it's happening in The Challenge Universe, we are here to document it. I am your host and dedicated challenge historian, Jacob Hollaball. Thank you so very, very much for being here with me today, a little later than usual. We're coming to you Thursday evening. I will admit, I I didn't want this to ever be the case, but it was the case, and I will apologize for it. I I was half of a dedicated challenge historian last night. I you know Survivor finale is airing last night. Challenge as always going right up against Survivor, and I I tried to be good. I watched Survivor first. I watched Survivor. Excuse me. I watched the challenge first. I watched the challenge live, and I was like you know. I'm going to watch the challenge. I'm going to record the show and then I'll watch the finale or whatever tomorrow or Friday or whenever. Like I normally do. I end up watching survivor within the next couple of days, but it was the finale. And I, to be completely transparent, had a tough work week and all kinds of other stuff going on. And all I wanted to do last night was be able to go back on the internet today. And I wanted to know who won. I wanted to watch the finale. I was excited for it. So instead of recording, I watched the finale deep into the night of Survivor and then it came back today and work got crazy. And so instead of being here this morning, we're here this evening. And I apologize for that. I wasn't the dedicated historian. I should have been. But, you know, at some point, the challenges, I've complained about it enough before, but you can't go head to head with all the other reality shows, your only true competition in your niche. And especially when it becomes we're barely halfway through this season and the other ones airing a finale. I, I, I had to watch. I had to know. It was too good. I wanted to know. So that leads me right into programming reminders. The Survivor finale obviously happened, so Tony and I will cover it this week. It was just me. If you're a Survivor listener, go listen to that. You'll know why it was just me for that. My fault, not Tony's, um, but you still got some coverage of the penultimate, and Tony and I will be back sometime next week, given the holiday coming up this weekend and into next week. We will probably meet maybe next Tuesday or so, so you'll get that finale recap and full season recap sometime probably next week. As for challenge, we will be back to Wednesday nights for the rest of this season, which I still don't know how many episodes I, this season is. I guess like 20, like, I don't know. It's going to be a lot and we're going to be here for all of them. We will try our best to be here every Wednesday night immediately afterwards and not sometime on Thursday, but uh, we'll see what the the schedule dictates uh, with Survivor winding down or being over now. We won't have that to compete with for watch time or anything like that. So we should get these out quick. Agenda for this evening obviously is just episode 10 of Challenge B-Fank. Without further ado, let's dive on in. Starting our walk through the episode, we're at the house, of course, same structure as always here for the pod, same as it was for the episode. First thing we see is Melissa left a note for Kylan. I have to just quickly say, I really like when production lets them do things that are a little out of the ordinary. I don't, you, you know, I don't expect that like a producer went to Melissa and was like, do you want to write a letter? I'm guessing Melissa was like, can you drop this back off? Can you leave this, you know, sometime in whatever the processing is once you've being eliminated and are sent, you know, off to the hotel and eventually a flight back to wherever you live. So 
a shout out to the production team for saying yes and doing things like that. Um, the more little things like that, the better I liked this moment. Uh, and it was really nice. So shout out to the production team for allowing things like that to happen. I think they should every single time something of that nature is asked. Other thing that I really want to shout out super quick is Colleen now playing as Moline. Uh, I still have not went and tried to find if you can watch the mole Germany that she starred in as the titular character, the mole herself. Um, but she references it here and, you know, she's got to maybe play a little more deceitful game, a little more strategic game than just I'm being friends with all the people in the big Alliance and I'm going to be a part of it. That hasn't worked out. So she's going to change tunes. And uh, I hope it's, it's a little indication. We got a few of them throughout this episode. It would be great. There's more people not named Michelle and Jay, then there are people named Michelle and Jay. And if you want to extend that to Michelle, Jay, Olivia, Norris, there's more people than those four that I just named. And I'm really, really looking for things to flip here at some point. And for everyone else to realize all of us that there's like six or seven of us trying to hang on to this alliance. There's like two or three of us that are totally not a part of any of it. What if all of us were just like, hey, Jay and Michelle, maybe you should go in for a change. Maybe you should, it's, maybe being friends with everyone should cost you for a change. I'm I'm dying for it to happen. And so we at least get little, little nuggets that maybe some people are starting to think about it, but I think it's going to take more than just Colleen. I don't know that she's going to rally the troops, so to speak. God bless her. I love her. And I do, I do hope to see more kind of gameplay or attempted gameplay out of her. Moline, I'm all here for it. Last thing about the first house segment, my guy, Ed, as always, you know how I feel about Ed. Love, love, love the guy, but clearly everyone in the house does too. He does his little martial arts lesson with Zara and Emmanuel. It's really fun. I really enjoyed it. I think Zara, every time she's on the screen uh, in a similar way to Ed, I just enjoy. I usually smile when she is on the screen. She says or does something that seems fun. She seems like she would be great, a great hang in the house. And uh, that's, those are really necessary in a challenge house. I can only imagine like, you're really, really looking for the people that are just, it's, it's enjoyable to spend time with. Cause it's a lot of time, a lot, a lot, a lot of time and a lot of downtime all day, every day. And I know I'm biased on the Ed front. I came in being like, I love this guy. He's, he's, you know, one of my favorites, if not my favorite in the cast and everything. And so it's all just confirmation bias. And I'm seeing these scenes and being like, man, what a lovable guy. Everyone loves him. Everyone's having so much fun with him. He's such a good cast member. He just brings something entertaining and fun to every scene he's in, every environment, every room, every conversation. But I'm, I think it seems that, at least the other cast members also feel the same way I do. And so whether it's confirmation bias for me or not, it seems like Ed is pretty beloved amongst the cast as far as just a cast member to be in the house with and have to live with without connection to the outside world for an extended period of time. Then we're at the daily challenge. I don't know. I'm probably, I was about to say last time I'll say this and it won't be, I'll say it every time that they have teams the rest of this season, let them pick the teams I don't know. I, I, I know that I haven't had an issue with this in the past on like a free agent style season or an all-stars one where they're rotating sometimes individuals, sometimes pairs, sometimes teams, but overall it's an individual game. I don't know. I just really want them to pick the teams and I really don't love how the random teams have shaken out on basically every time they've done it. And uh, yeah, so I just want them to pick. Cool game though, cool design. And I want to make sure I never, ever, ever stop 
calling out or appreciating anytime there is a brand new game. They all, they're all new every time they have to come up with a new one of these every single time. And it's gotta be so hard to do so. And so every time that one of them is cool, is really well-designed, looks fun, visually is cool. The whole thing. I gotta, I gotta make sure that I shout it out. And so this one loved the game, loved the design, loved the whole thing about it. What I didn't love is Nariska getting smashed in the face with a ball right at the start. But what I did love is somehow it didn't hurt her. How, did she not like, thank goodness. I was thrilled. Obviously I don't, I don't, I don't want her to get hurt. And now we can just laugh about it and she can laugh about it in the confessional and be like, Oh my God, that happened. But like, I don't know. They're pretty high up in the air. And those are like those, they look to be like those thick rubber dodgeballs. Like it's not, I, I don't know. Like it, it seems like from that height, it would start moving pretty quick and it hits her square on the nose, dead center of the face, and thankfully doesn't do anything. So that's amazing. And now it's just a funny moment that happened. And uh, thank goodness it wasn't more than that. But I was honestly a little bit shocked that there wasn't at least like a little nosebleed, a little like maybe even something we couldn't see, but like, dude, my face hurts really bad. My eyes swollen up something. I don't know. So glad that didn't happen, but was surprised it didn't happen because it looked didn't look great. But now we get to laugh. Pretty expert way of not being involved in the deliberation at the end from Jay. I've got to say, I know it, it backfires on him. And eventually throughout the episode, you know, he's called out by Kylan and Horacio. We'll talk about that in a little bit, but as much as, you know, it's, it, it goes against him a little bit because, you know, someone that he is quote unquote working with, but on the fringes to him, he's trying to make them think it's more than the fringes, but it is on the fringes of his Alliance or people he would protect. He's, you know, letting someone in that group know, yeah, yeah, this is where you are. And I can't, I can't always protect you. And I'm willing to say your name. He is doing that, but he's doing it in an expert way, whether he gets caught or not, there was no, there was no way out of this. And it is the right choice for the whole team. If the goal of the majority of the people in that group, which is what it turned out to be was, you know, if we could pick out of this, it would be Kylan and James as the two. And we can kind of trust that other group in the house in general to be willing to vote James and just keep the UK thing rolling. And so it's the more difficult vote is Kylan. We should do the more difficult vote first and not leave that up to chance. So they make the right choice. And I do think that Jay's navigation of, let me just sit back and let me get, I think if I read this right, the, the vote's going to go for Kylan. So why would I, why would I say someone else? Why would I be one of the first to say Kylan? Why don't I just let, let it be known, let everyone else basically more or less say their vote and then be like, oh, well, I guess, yeah, here we go. And yes, it, it costs him later, or maybe will cost him later, but that was a cost that was going to come due no matter what. And so I do, I will give him props for handling this situation in a pretty, pretty masterful strategic way. Then we're at the house and the club. We'll talk about that portion next. We'll save the deliberation portion of the house to talk with the arena uh, in the next segment here. But at the house and at the club, first off, quick aside. I don't know if everyone picked up on this. I actually hit rewind. Uh, I rewound twice. I watched this little 10 seconds, this comment three times in a row to make sure I heard her correct. Berna calls Ed a combination of CT and turbo, which is amazing for my guy, Ed, obviously one that's how flat, how, what, what, I mean, there's more flattering versions because it could be CT and someone 
as athletically gifted and determined and as much hard as a turbo without maybe the personality or, or the, uh, the number of people that dislike you or, uh, essentially thinking everyone else in the world is chicken shit, um, or whatever his terminology is that involves the word chicken in it. I always forget. Um, but, uh, so flattering for Ed certainly, but can you imagine, cause Ed's not, Ed's a pretty, as I've said many, many times, like, as well-rounded as it gets in all of these things. Like, it seems like he could run pretty well. We haven't seen him do pure endurance running. We'll find out hopefully if he makes the final here, but otherwise he's super duper strong. He's agile, athletic. He's brilliant. He's good with the puzzles. He's good socially. I don't know if he's cutthroats, whatever he's got. He's got a majority of the tools. Everything we've seen so far checks all the boxes. As we get to the box, the box is checked. There's a couple boxes left unknown, but for the most part, Ed's, great player in my estimation, maybe yours, who knows, but he's not CT and turbo combined because that would be something unfathomable. Like if that person existed, I don't know what, who that is, what that is, but uh, they probably got a lot of challenge championships. If they're somehow make it through a season without getting kicked off and banned from the show forever. So uh, yeah. Also at this point, I mostly bring this up because Ed was starting to get a lot of screen time and he had now not won the daily challenge. And I was very convinced going into deliberation that uh, Ed was going to catch some votes and end up down there in that elimination and maybe head home. So I was starting to sweat at this point in the episode. I was starting to get a little sweaty for my guy, Ed Mariah, because of Mariah mostly is why I was sweating for Ed because Mariah is out there politicking for James in a big way. My goodness. I wouldn't have predicted this. If you would have asked me you know, last episode, like how far is Mariah going to take this? How far is she going to go? Uh, how hard is she going to ride for James? I would not have said to the level of if James is up for elimination and has no interest in trying to get himself out of it, Mariah will go full bore. Like her being in the final and winning the 300, whatever thousand dollars they have left this depends on her not getting James voted for. Cause that's how she acted. She acted like her winning the season was if I don't get James voted for here, then we win. Then the, the season's over. And that's how much effort she put into this. I'd like to see more effort from Lockie in this. Again, James is, I still refer to him as Lockie because that's what he went by on the challenge UK. So if I say Lockie, I mean, James, our apologies for that. I can't complain though. Totally. I mean, I want to see more effort. If I'm him, I'm putting in more effort here, giving it a shot. What else are you going to do other than walk on the treadmill, I guess, but he does a lot of walking on the treadmill. I can't complain though. If like, cause he, it is this confidence and indifference that is entertaining to some degree. And when you know, it's going to likely not matter. And you've also somehow convinced this woman to go do it for you. Like you're like, I don't know what happened, but like, I really like this girl and we're having a great time. And maybe I'm thinking about dating her outside of the show, but like, I didn't, I didn't ask her to do any of this. She's just going to go do it. So like, I have no interest in doing it and she is. So I guess I'll just stay on the treadmill, right? Like what? I don't know. I can't really blame him because she's probably going to be more effective at arguing than he is uh, with the people she's talking to. So let her do her thing and just keep on, keep on getting those steps in, keep on practicing for that final Mariah, though, I just don't understand why she's doing any of this. I don't understand it at all. There's no, it's not like there's going to be hard feelings. Like James is going to be like, what the fuck? Why didn't you do, why didn't you like fight for me or whatever? Um, she has such an easy out. Just be like, Hey, you didn't want to, you didn't want to like, you know, do this for yourself. And also our situation, our, whatever relationship you want to call that we have is separate from the game. And so like, we've never said, you know, 
we have to like we've said we're not going to say each other's names and stuff great i'm not going to vote for you but like i never said i was gonna go on the true campaign trail for you by myself without you by the way so it's so easy for her to just be like ah well that's you know i, I love the confidence and do you want to go lay by the pool do you want to go get in bed do you want to whatever like do you want to just focus on go do the relationship stuff and not the game stuff and wait for you to get nominated it's such an easy out. And instead she's kind of blown up all these other relationships or at least her trust uh, with her Alliance members and people that are going to have her back because she's out here just campaigning for a guy who has no interest in campaigning for himself. It's very strange. And also a little bit strange is then the final thing here at the club, Berna blows up on Michelle. And we've seen this uh, play out a time or two already this season. Now, does Michelle have too many friends and or alliance members in the house for it to not become a problem for her at some point? And we would assume at around this point in the game is when it starts to become a really big problem. Absolutely. She's connected to, I think, every person in the house not named Zara and James. And at this point, she's probably like, well, I've been hanging out with them long enough. I, I kind of like Zara, whatever. And now I'm kind of connected to James because Mariah, the whole thing, she's connected to everyone. She's friends with everyone, aligned with everyone. It's going to be a problem. This is not the way in which it's really deserves to become the problem. This is the first time of Berna's kind of blow ups this season. And I think I've said this as much on the last couple of times. We're like, I'm not sure about the edit and what we're not seeing. And just if it's just, if, if there is some like just cultural things going on, or if there is like a, like it's I, the, because the feeling of not fitting in because you're one of the international folks and you don't necessarily like have the easy inroads with everyone, the whole thing. I've, I've always kind of leaned on like, I'm giving a lot of benefit of the doubt to Berna here in a lot of these situations. This was the first time I was like, I don't think there's any benefit of the doubt. I think Berna needs to call down. I think you need to, I think you need to lay off Michelle a little bit here. This kind of came out of nowhere. The whole, like, you're not friends enough with me. You only hang out with them, not me. And it's like, well, I don't know. Like you're basically asking Michelle, why aren't I, why am I not your best friend? Why am I, why am I only a friend? Why am I not your best friend? And why am I only someone who is, you'll try to protect, but not someone at the top of your list. I'm on the list, but I'm not at the top. So it's just like, why am I not at the top of your friend and your Alliance list? Why am I not just, you know, why don't I not move from the bottom to the top? And I'm not happy enough with just being on it. And it's all, yeah, it's all, it's a little unnecessary. And I, and I don't really have the benefit of the doubt here in this particular instance with her, Full redemption for her, though, when she just walks away when Olivia walks up. I was so entertained by that. I loved that portion of it, of just like, I'm kind of blown up for no reason. Everyone's a little, you know, Michelle especially is like, what the fuck's going on here? What, what, what? I don't get any of this. And then the problem in her mind is like, you always hang out with Olivia, never me. And Olivia walks up and she just does the perfect thing of just spins and walks away in a huff and a puff. And Olivia's like, what the fuck just happened? And it's great. So entertaining. Loved it. And part of the reason I loved it is you may or may not be picking up throughout these podcast episodes. I don't, I don't know that I'm, I've said it yet, or I'm certainly not going to right now in this moment, uh, exactly how I feel, but I maybe, or maybe not don't love a certain cast member that seems to be a big favorite of the fandom these days. And so, uh, I'm not, I find it entertaining when someone sees her walk up and they turn and walk away in a huff and a puff. Loved it. Then we've got the deliberation and ultimately the arena battle. Kylan's funeral speech is really funny. I'll give that. I was entertained by it. It was fun. I don't know. I did not know where it was going when he started it, but he landed the plane on it. He made it entertaining and interesting and fun. And I'm very impressed with how 
he was not necessarily at the top of my picks for going from CBS version of the show to the MTV version of the show. And he has assimilated quite nicely and he's just, he's good at both. He's, he's a really solid TV personality. He's a really solid competitor. And I really enjoy him as a cast member. And uh, I knew I wanted him. I wanted to see him more on more challenge USA's if they do them, but I wasn't positive. He was one that I wanted to see come over into the MTV world. I again, don't have the background of whatever went down on his big brother season or anything like that, but uh, I'm pretty sold. I really, really like the guy. And now I really, really like him as a cast member on whichever version of the show uh, he wants to be invited on or say yes to. They all vote for James. Because it makes sense. It is a little, I mean, they make the drama pretty good in this episode. Again, I was sweating bullets right up until the end that they were going to vote for Ed and not James and Mariah's campaigning was going to work. But um, it ultimately is kind of the boring thing. And, you know, there here goes the two people on the bottom and that's fine. But yeah, I was sweating and I was glad that uh, wasn't Ed. So thank goodness there. Darrell is here. He is the 14-time player. I didn't back up and check which stats TJ was using, which seasons he was counting and or not counting, but it seemed like he was counting all of the correct ones and not the ones that you shouldn't, a.k.a. champs for stars. And I don't even know, did Darrell ever do those? I don't know. Anyways, because I don't need to know because they didn't really happen in reality. Those were fake, and uh, everyone made them up, and we don't need to remember them. So Darrell's here. He's obviously one of the necessary picks for this. Like, if you get 10 people, five guys, five women – he should be one of the five. He at least invited and asked, do you want to do this? And I'm glad he says, yes, I'm glad he is there. Darrell is the man. Darrell's the man. Okay. Darrell's not the greatest of all time, but if you just say who's the man from the challenge, you'd be like, well, Darrell is like before anyone else. He, he wins the, who's he's the man of the show. Okay. That's, that's Darrell. Love the guy to death. He's also though, not super well suited for the mercenary role in the solo he's he's it's this is weird he's maybe perfectly suited for the mercenary role when there's a male and female or two males or whatever when there's just two mercenaries out there at the same time and he can do the winning and the ass kicking and the other person could maybe do a little more of the like shit talking just general tv entertainment like whatever Darrell's fantastic fantastic top tier confessional person for a season in general narrator and the whole thing not as much just like, hey, you get three confessionals, you're doing this one elimination, we kind of need you to come in there and, you know, be loud and abrasive and do everything that Jordan did in the first episode, basically. And that's just not Darrell's personality necessarily, at least not now anymore. Um, maybe young Darrell is really, really good in this spot, but dad Darrell is like, I'm still going to come in and whoop some ass. I'm not going to really be cocky about it. I'm not going to do anything wild and crazy. I got kids. I'm just here to try to get 10 G's. And that's it. That's what I'm here for. And unfortunately, he doesn't get the 10 G's. He doesn't whoop ass, but he also doesn't get a game that's, you know, he gets a, a complete toss-up of a game and he loses the toss-up of a game. Him dropping the bananas comment, though, I didn't expect that from him. Um, and uh, it being mentioned in general by him multiple times early in the episode, I was over this storyline before it started and I'm really over it now. And so, yeah, I'm just, can we, can we not talk about it anymore? I know they're going to continue to talk about it every time because every time it's mail day, they're like, Oh my God, is it going to be bananas? Is it going to be so awkward. And I wish they would just know that. No, it wouldn't be. I know it would, it makes kind of no sense that it's not him other than just the fact he was filming a different TV show at this time. And so he couldn't come do it because he was doing a different show. So uh, yeah, we're going to have to hear more of it. And I'm, 
been over that one for a while. The game they play is fun. I'm glad Kylan won so that they could both keep money and we could keep players. It does beg the question uh, and just a great win for Kylan. Uh, you beat Darrell in an elimination. That's yeah, that goes on the resume. That goes on my like greatest accomplishments of my life list. That goes on everything. That's an amazing accomplishment and awesome. And I love it. And I'm really glad Kylan stayed and I'm glad they keep money. I am interested to see how they're going to figure out keeping it balanced going into a final. If it's just ba- going to be like, hey, look, these 10 champs are coming in. Whoever wins, wins. Whoever loses, loses. And afterwards, if the numbers on the male-female side are unbalanced, we'll just have more women's eliminations or more men's eliminations in the final round of the game until it's even, and we'll figure it out. Or maybe it's like, hey, the way the final is set up, it doesn't matter. There could be six women and four dudes. There could be five of each. There could be seven and three. Like We don't know. All the guys could win an elimination versus a champ, and all the women could lose, and we'd find a way to make it work at the end. I don't know exactly how they're planning to do it, but it is interesting that this format leaves it up for not being straightforward of like, we know at each step of the game, how many men and how many women are going to be eliminated and still be there. So that's an interesting thing to keep an eye out as we had inch closer inch because it's inch by inch episode by episode towards the final. Now to the awards best quote first, as always two nominees, unless I go and get an American passport and come back. Yeah, I'm fucked. That's from Lockie, AKA James. I really enjoyed that. And then quote, I was that girl in high school that always got hit in the face with balls. End quote. I think I had that. I maybe had one word off in there. It was something to the effect of I was the girl in high school that always got hit in the face with balls. And then a kind of little laugh after the fact when she realizes that, you know, people that watch the challenge like me have very childish, uh, you know, like seven-year-old boy humor. And so you said balls and it's, you know, it's funny. So quote of the week goes to Narice. Best moment. Nominee number one, Ed's martial arts lesson. Nominee number two, Berna getting all mad at Michelle, storming off when Olivia walks up. Nominee number three, we didn't talk about it before. We referenced it at the very beginning of this episode. Horacio quietly coming for Jay's turf. I enjoyed the couple of interactions he had where he first lets Kylan know what was up. And then him and Kylan at the club, especially talk to Jay. And Horacio's a little bit like, wait a minute. I do need to have a little bit of a voice here. And also... I'm supposed to be the face of this thing. It's supposed to be me. Why is Jay? What's with Jay and Michelle? No, Jay and Michelle. No, no, no. We're not doing that. Horacio and Reese. That's what we're doing. That's what we're doing. And so he's, he's getting there. He's finding his little voice. And I like that. He's just, you know, coming in there a little bit like Jay. I want to, we're going to, we're going to call this out here. Okay. We're not going to make a big deal about it. We're not going to necessarily, you know, say that we're doing anything about it, but we are going to let it be known that we're thinking about it and that we saw it and we acknowledged it and we're going to make you have a little conversation about it. So I appreciate that for him. Really the best moment of the episode though, wasn't in the episode itself. I I don't know where else to talk about this. So I'll talk about it here. All the online back and forth going on between basically this whole cast. Uh, This is a very online cast. This, this cast is very, and it's a lot like they've all the cast. They're always, always on Instagram, but there's been some casts in the last few years where it's like only like half of them or a third of them are like on Twitter. And sometimes they'll do all their shit talking and tea dropping and all the other things on Twitter. And like, no one will actually, a lot of the fans will see it, but like, there's not a lot of responses because other people won't be on there. This whole cast is very online, very on Twitter, very on Instagram, very on everywhere. And they're talking a lot and they're sharing tea and they're, they're, they're getting after each other. And especially Mariah, Narice, Olivia, and 
the we knew and I've referenced it throughout the season, you know, that Norris and Olivia, we don't know if we're going to see it in this season. And I've apologized before. I'll apologize again if it becomes a spoiler that eventually there's a big blow up on this season between those two. But it's coming, whether it happens in the season or it just started afterwards because of things that happen on the season or just purely because of the relationship between Norris and Horacio. But I think from the trailer, the next week on slash rest of the season trailer, we get it starts to happen in this season because they'd be talking some wild shit. They'd be making some accusations about who's hooking up with who. Olivia and Emmanuel is a little bit more than an arm around a shoulder that we saw. I think that was in last week's episode, maybe a little bit, a lot more than an arm around a shoulder. Um, there's, there's, there's a lot going on online right now. So if you're someone who's interested in those types of things and is not on Twitter or Instagram, I encourage you to go follow all of the cast members and uh, be delighted in the back and forth. And we learn a lot. I'm waiting for some of it to be in the episodes itself though. Definitely show us more. Let's go. Like, give me, I don't know. Just give me more. That's all I need. So that's probably, that was probably honestly the most entertaining thing about this episode was all the shit that came out online after the fact. But if we stick to just the episode itself, I'm going with Berna storming off on Olivia when she walks up. Episode MVP goes to Berna as well. Mariah, Kylan, Ed, Michelle get some votes. Um, but uh, there wasn't a big, big standout here. So I'm giving it to Berna. Finally, then power rankings and predictions slash wishes because I'm not so good at the predictions. So we do a little bit of both. Power ranking side, kind of a decent shakeup on both. Not a lot of reasoning for it other than just, just the longer it gets into the game, the more I feel, I don't know, maybe I just felt like things needed shaken up. But on the women's side first, I moved, I'm a, it's official, Raven and Zara move up to the top. They go from three and four to one and two, okay? I think if they all ran a final, whoever's left, I think Raven and Zara would win that final on the women's side. And I think they might end up getting there. I know they both have a little bit of a target. Zara maybe a lot of bit of a target, depending on who you're talking to. But I think we've they've gotten far enough where this blow up might happen and the lines might be redrawn and they might end up in a good place when those are redrawn. And I think they got the best shot when they make, if they make a final. So Raven and Zara top, Nerese, Michelle drop down to three, four, Olivia, Berna, Colleen, and Moline, excuse me, and Mariah are the bottom four there. On the men's side, I'm moving Horacio up to first. Maybe he should have been here the whole season long, maybe not, I don't know. But he's definitely the favorite if they make a final. Uh, and uh, yeah, I don't, I don't, I just liked that he's starting to see the picture a little bit. I like that he's starting to use his voice a little bit. And as much as he might be the obvious choice of like someone's got to go in there versus these champs, and maybe we do want to keep money and get someone out, we're starting to hear the like, well, he's going to beat us in a final talk. That's true. I like his odds in an elimination. I like his odds in the final. And I like his odds of not having to face more than maybe one on the way. So he's top. Jay and Manuel, two and three. Ed in fourth. Corey in fifth. I switched those two around. Basically based off of the more I start to think about how would you do in the final, the more I want to know if Corey, again, the, the thing we always has to be proven by the super big jacked guy that's six five and you know 200 pounds of chiseled muscle or whatever is one are you where are you running the final are we running it in croatia are they going to take you somewhere else on a mountain and is it going to end up at altitude and two just how do you do at overall because the endurance stuff is a bit harder for someone who has all that muscle and is that tall and so when thinking about ed and Corey, i just, the more i thought about a final i was like i don't know how either of them does when they have to run a marathon and do a bunch of other stuff in the meantime but 
I like that adds a foot shorter than him on just if I have to base anything off it. So that's way too overthinking my two favorite people in the house in their position in my pointless power rankings. But there you go. That's how, that's what my brain does. That's what I fall asleep thinking about is, is what would my prediction be for Ed and Corey specifically in a final good for both of them though. I will still say that Kylan, Asaf and James round out the bottom. As for predictions, I'm still holding on to, it'll take many more weeks to play out, but I think Jay is going to go against CT. I think they foreshadowed it enough that it's actually going to happen. I'm going to make new finalist predictions. I didn't even open who I said I would pick at the beginning of the season, although I'm going to open it right now because I'm actually interested to see how I am doing on said predictions. Uh, This is going to be live, amazing podcasting right here. Okay, so at the beginning of the season, I said the finalist would be Big T, wrong. Mariah, Norris, Michelle, and Melissa, also wrong. So three out of five still in the game on the women's side. And I said Corey, Kieran, Jay, Kylan, and Ed. So four out of five still there on the men's side. Not horrible. And I said the Michelle and Ed would win. In, mostly because I was rooting for them. So those were the old predictions. I am going to update the predictions and probably get just probably more of them wrong this time around. Honestly, I'm going to say the finalist. I'm saying four on each side. I don't know if they're going to take 10 people. I don't know if they're going to take 12. I think they might take only eight. So here's your eight. Horacio, Emmanuel, Corey, and Kylan, Raven, Norris, Michelle, and Colleen. Why do I pick these people? Because I needed a prediction and it felt like the time because we got the rest of the season trailer that I should make the rest of the season prediction. I think the winners at this point, if I had to change my picks, I think Raven and Horacio, I know only one person is going to win, which is going to be Horacio. But uh, I think if there was a male and female winner, and I think it would be Raven. I'm starting to really come around to Raven challenge champion. So I think that could be in the cards. Those are the new predictions. Obviously, I'm still rooting as hard as I can for Michelle Ed and Corey, those are still my faves. Nothing has changed. I like where they're all at, and I will be rooting heavily for them to win if and hopefully when they make a final. So that's a little predictions for you. Uh, Only wish is that uh, next, you know, everything, all the good stuff we saw in the rest of the season trailer, could we have some of it next week? Could we not have to wait for some of the, the drama in the party? There's a party in the trailer, the rest of the season trailer. If you didn't watch, I'm sure it's probably out on YouTube or something by now, but it's at the very end of the episode where the next week on is, it was the kind of, here's the rest of the season trailer. And there was a party that looked very reminiscent of great classic challenge parties of the past. I'm talking like, was it either rivals one or two, probably rivals two, I think, you know, where they do the kind of like jungle theme, everyone basically wear leaves as your attire type of party to many, many, it actually, because whoever was in it was borderline naked. And it kind of reminded me of Landon doing the, uh, the, uh, the little fashion show, basically like borderline naked fashion show on whichever Inferno two or something. Maybe that was uh dual two actually, I believe it was because they put the dual logo over his private area, which was very much showing through what barely little piece of leaf or whatever he was wearing. Um, it reminded me of some of those types of moments. And it looked like a fantastic, fantastic party with a lot of sloppy, messy stuff going on. So I hope that's next week. That's my biggest wish. I hope I don't have to wait long for that. And I hope next week you won't have to wait until Thursday evening for this recap. It'll be back Wednesday nights late afterwards next week. Thank you for giving me the grace and allowing me to uh, be a little late 
this week with uh, everything work-related and just desperate to watch that Survivor finale after watching the challenge last night. So that's BFank episode 10. Thank you as always for being here. Subscribe or follow wherever you are listening or watching. And as always, Challenge Historian on Instagram. If you want to chat about the show, hit me up in the DMs. Otherwise, I will chat with you next week. Peace.